Hey guys, you're listening to Jen Follows, a podcast where I interview the people who I follow on social media. I'm Jen Sanasi, and today I'm going to be interviewing Shane Evans. Um, If you're a regular podcast listener, you'll notice that the format has changed a little bit. I've decided I'm going to start doing um, a little bit intro so I can tell you guys a little bit more about why I follow these people before we get into the interviews. So I want to shout out an old friend, Matt, who actually recommended that I do the podcast like this. So If you like it or if you have feedback, please feel free to DM me on Instagram. I check those and answer them all the time. Uh, Instagram, I am at Jen Sanasi, J-E-N-N-S-A-N-A-S-I-E. That is linked in this podcast description. So head on over there if you have feedback for me. If you like the new format, you like the old format, um, and I will adjust accordingly. So as you know, this is an interview-based podcast. I interview people who I find super interesting and lately I've just been interviewing a lot of my friends to be honest people who I've met um, throughout my career who I think are doing really interesting things and uh, I want to talk about them it's my platform I'm allowed to do whatever I want so in this episode I interview Shane Evans um This was recorded in September 2019, so the world has changed quite a bit since then, and I was in Los Angeles uh, for some work, Um, and I met Shane years and years and years ago in Cape Town, South Africa. He was there on a media tour for one of his books. I can't remember if it was Mixed Me or Chocolate Me, and he ended up in my studio um, when I used to work at News 24, and we we spoke about this book that he had illustrated. and the wor- it was written by Tay Diggs, one of his longtime friends. Tay Diggs, as you'll know, um, is an actor. He he lives in L.A. And I actually can't remember what his major project is. I'm actually Googling it right now so that we can put a, a face to the name if any of you guys don't know who, who Tay Diggs is. Uh, let's see. Going on to Wikipedia right now. Okay, Tay. Let's see what projects has Tay done lately. Here we go. Scrolling all the way down. So his most recent project, uh, according to Wikipedia, is River Runs Red. But Tay Diggs, I would say, is a household name. Um, Just Google him if you don't know who he is. He um, decided to do these books with his longtime friend. The first book, Chocolate Me, was based off of a poem that he wrote um, either in high school or university. Um, and it was just a poem that he had written uh, about the color of his skin because he he hadn't seen a lot of people who looked like him at school. Um, I'll, I'll let Shane tell the story. He talks about it in, in the interview a little bit. But um, Shane and, and Tay have released three books in their children's book series, Chocolate Me, Mixed Me, and I Love You More Than. And their fourth book, called My Friend, is going to be hitting bookshelves in January 2021. Now, what I absolutely love about this series of of books is that they're books made for children. I myself don't have kids. So anyone listening to this who who has kids, please look up these books. The message in them are is absolutely amazing and it's it's a way to show black and brown and mixed children that they are loved they are cared for they are important you know when I was growing up um, a lot of the toys that I played with a lot of the books that I read had only 
white characters. And I, honest to God, thought when I was growing up that if your skin was lighter or or you were white, you you were it, you know? Like, I spent a lot of my childhood wishing that I was white. And if there were books like this um, when I was younger, more readily available when I was younger, I may not have had to, um, those issues and to deal with and, and to think about. So honestly, what I love about Shane is he's just so passionate about everything he does, um, from the book series to his music to his speaking engagements. You'll, you'll see in the interview that he is just a force. His energy is bang on every single time I see him. Um, I don't get to see him often because we, we live in different cities, but he's just all about uplifting and empowering people to be the best version of themselves. So Chocolate Me, Mixed Me, I Love You More Than are all books that um, do just that. They inspire and they empower and they're for the little wee ones. I'm on Amazon right now. I'm just going to read you guys uh, the description for each book because I think it's really important to um, kind of understand what he stands for before we get into the interview. So here we go. Chocolate Me. It's a timely book about how it feels to be teased and taunted and how each of us is sweet and lovely and delicious on the inside, no matter how we look. Now, that description is just amazing to me, especially in these times. You know, there's the Black Lives Matter movement happening. We're really starting to have conversations about black representation in the media and talking to our children about racism and what it means. Um... And talking to our children about racism and really what it means to live in a truly diverse society. So that's Chocolate Me's description. Next up, we have Mixed Me. And so this is a, it's in italics. I'm going to read like a little quote, I guess. Mom and dad say, I'm a blend of dark and light. We mixed you perfectly and got you just right. Mike has awesome hair, he has lots of energy, his parents love him, and Mike is a perfect blend of the two of them. Still, Mike has to answer lots of questions about being mixed, and he does with lots of energy and joy in his charming story about a day in the life of a mixed-race child. Now, having these conversations with your kids is is so important, and like, as you know, or I don't know if you know, but now you do, I don't have kids, and just like reading this very short description already makes me see why it's so necessary for young mixed kids to read books like this and understand how to answer these questions that they get from other children um, about about their race. Like I'm 32 years old and I still get asked about my race all the time. People are always like, what are you? Are, are you mixed? Where are you from? And these questions are asked time and time and time and time again especially if you don't look like the person who, who you're talking to. And I think it's really awesome and cool that there are tools like this to help empower our children. So that's mixed me. And now I love you more than. Some families look different than others. A father who doesn't live full time with his son tells him all the ways he misses and loves him. So that's like a little snippet from um, the description on Amazon for I love you more than. So again, empowering parents and children in families that don't look like the typical family that is portrayed in the media 
to have conversations around their actual situation so that the kids feel comfortable when they're asked questions. They just feel comfortable because they their situation is being represented in the books they're reading and, and the TV shows that they're watching. Um, you know, with the global civil rights movement happening around us, there are a lot of amazing things happening some might say some might say that they're drastic but I think they're absolutely amazing um I'm not sure if you saw the news story this week but Jenny Slate the actress who voices the character of Missy on Big Mouth has decided to step away from her role and has encouraged the um producers to fill the role with an actress of color I don't know if you're on Twitter and you follow Carrie Washington but she said Um, She knows a lot of people are looking for black actresses to voice characters and she's available and I think this is so amazing. I think when kids and young people and even adults, let's be honest, when we look at the media, we want to see ourselves represented. We want to know that we are welcome in society and that society sees us um, as, as equals. And this is such a small and necessary step to take and I really, really applaud the actors and actresses who are fighting for this in in Hollywood and in the media because once we can start getting equal representation and showing young people that they are valued and and the things that they deserve and the things that they get in this world are not based on the on their race or the color of their skin but but because they are truly deserving that's going to be a really great time. I know we have a really super long way to get before long way to go before we get there, but I think books like these ones that Shane is illustrating and uh, is illustrating and um, producing are a small step in in the right direction and I'm really happy that he's using his talent to uh, paint this picture and help us be better and raise our future generations better so I hope you enjoy the interview if you have kids please please check out his books if you have friends with kids please gift them to those to those uh, friends so that they can read them with their kids and so these kids can see themselves in the content that they consume. All right, guys. Hope you enjoy. All right, so Shane, the reason I started following you on Instagram is because we met in Cape Town. True. Do you remember that? Yes. What What do you remember about it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, I remember it was in a studio. In a, uh, I feel like it was a television studio and everything studio though. I feel like you don't remember. No, I do remember. <laughs> okay. No, it was because I was on like a media like chase tour. Yeah. You were on a media tour. Mm-hmm. It was in the yeah. It was in a studio for it was like an online video. It wasn't on TV. Um, mm-hmm. But we connected. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. We've remained friends. It's been mm-hmm. so many years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, that moment was impactful. I met a lot of people, mm-hmm. although I felt like we had more more to talk about. There was something, because we were, you know, connected through growing up in the same environment and right. going to a school for the performing arts. And so it was like, oh, it's like we knew each other or something. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, it it's was. It's true. Yeah. Do you know what this podcast is called? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Jen Follows. I interview oh. um, the people who I follow on Instagram. Okay. 
And I want to get into the content that you post on Instagram. But I think that the first thing we need to address is is the actual place that we are in. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a little dark. It's fun, though. It's fun, right? Yeah. We're in L.A. Yes. What up? It's something out here. I'm telling you. It's my first time in L.A. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. I, yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. You know what I mean? It's like, yes. Because I remember the very first time I came to Los Angeles, um, I probably was very mindful about looking out for f- so-called famous people at the time. Because I was, I think I was 18. Okay. Yeah, I drove literally across the country. I went from Syracuse to Los Angeles. It took us 10 days to drive. So then when you like come into this city, there's an expectation especially when you grow up in the States. And I did. I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger coming out of this uh, movie premiere. It was very surreal. Um, so I can I can imagine that the first time in Los Angeles is kind of interesting because I don't know what you want to see or expect to see, any of that. You know, I'm not expecting to see celebrities. Like, it's not the... Um... It's not what I hope to get out of the trip. I understand, I fully understand that. Yes. Although I guess that could be cool. Right. What What was it like, eighteen year old Shane, seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger? Is there a name for him? Like the oh, I guess the Terminator. Probably <laughs> like uh, the Schwartz. No, he's you know Schwarzenegger. I speak. Yeah, I call him by his name. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think it just broke the fourth wall in a way, the fourth element or whatever we mm-hmm. call that thing. Um, and it made it so that it, you know, these humans are real. So we go from fantasizing or idolizing a little bit towards mm. like, oh, you, this is a job for them. Like, right. They're just normal, mm-hmm. normal people. Yep. Yep. So I follow you on Instagram, mm. um, mainly because of your illustrations and oh. your books. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, is it cards? Can I call them cards? Mm-hmm. That, yes. that you do mm-hmm. um, and I find them all to be very powerful and very mm-hmm. impactful in, in different ways um, and I'm just so interested to hear about what you get from young people mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're touring I know you do a lot of touring with your books yes tell me it's <laughs> funny <laughs> um, I uh, what do I get from it that's such a were you about to say dumb question? No. Okay. Like a, <laughs> no. <laughs> kidding me? Um, it's like an introspectively challenging question, mm. actually, just because um, I don't necessarily want anything, which is maybe a good thing, you yeah. know, to start off that way. Um, we tend to need things that we don't know that we need. So for the audiences that I'm able to be in touch with, it seems like just something that I need comes out of it, but I I don't know that I needed it until I get to that specific group, Mm -hmm. you know? And then someone like likewise needs something in that group from me that I didn't know Mm -hmm. that I was going to bring. So I think that, you know, you just tend to go into these environments and you are learning as much as you think you're teaching and maybe even more so yeah it's you, you just never know mm. the last time we spoke you had chocolate me and then mixed me and now mm. you have a new 
book that you are working on that has come out mm, yep. in the series? Please explain. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> I love you more than dot 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 ellipse um, is the third book in this right. series. And then I'm currently working on what is going to be the fourth book in the series, which is called My Friend. That title might change, although I think that's pretty much what it is. And kind of brings, My Friend brings the whole series, it ties it up. But I Love You More Than, which is like the most recent from Tay and I, um, kind of just takes a different path, you know. It's like more of a... I don't. I hate to use the word general, but it gives like more of a general look at how relationships can be. Like everyone can utilize mm-hmm. that book. Yep. Just for people who are listening who don't know about the series, obviously I know about mm-hmm. the series. Um, you and Tay have Tay Diggs, yes. Tay Diggs have yes. worked on uh, a series. We know that I love you more than is the third book, but Chocolate Me and Mix Me were first. Mm-hmm. Chocolate Me came from a poem that Tay wrote in high school, right? Mm-hmm. Can you no, us- college. college. College, okay, yes. in yes. school. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us about how this series of books came to be? Yeah, I was thinking about that today. I just, um, it's always good to look at the origin story of something because you don't know at that beginning time when you uh, conceive an idea that it has the potential to grow beyond, you know, the, that space and that time and all that. So, when I was in college, I was, I really put together, I wanted to put together a book outside of the, I think this is an important lesson, outside of what I had to do already in college, which is fine, you know, like you got to take care of everything that you're committed to do while you're in school and get the good grade and all that. And then I was motivated to do something more though. It's like, this is not for an assignment. If I wanted to use it for something extra, I likely could have finagled it. But it was like, no, this is because I because I want to do it. I reached out to probably about 10 to 15 African-American students or students of color. You know, you might say in the United in the United States, that's how we refer to it. But it's like just people that I knew on campus and I wanted to explore the idea of blackness. That was the idea. The, the cover of the book and the title of the book was Blackness. And then I had like a little questionnaire, very much like this setup. It's like, just come up with an idea and make it happen. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. everybody thinks that there's like a big giant production sometimes. It's just very simple. Even the big productions come from very simple places. So I uh, set up a like a room. I got lights. I have my camera. That's more than we have right now. No, it's... <laughs> don't have any lights oh well it's fine it's smooth like you make the best of what you you know whatever you have you like you make the best of it that's that's what this is about so i did i made the best of that scenario and i got all these incredible thoughts from you know these young people in college at the time syracuse university um and one of the poems that came out of it was chocolate me and then years after I produced this little Kinko's, you know, it's like you use, again, you use what you have access to. I I make about, I feel like I made like a hundred of these books, you know, at Kinko's. And Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. It's a lot, right? Where the Kinko's people are like, jeez. No, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm just giving it life. You know, there's yeah. a point at which like you make good 
with the people that work at places and they'll make good with you. Right. You know? So however it worked out, because I'm a college student at the time, you know, how was I going to pay for this and work yeah. it out? But I wound up binding these books really nicely, really beautifully. And we sold them. So it was my first experience with saying, you know, I'm a publisher or artist taking on the responsibility to put your work out there. So then years later, I, I probably only have one copy left of all that, you know, that work. It's like, you know, you don't, you got to keep mm -hmm. that one, at least one right. or two copies. So I fortunately had this copy. And if I hadn't, I probably wouldn't have uh, come up with this thing that say, look at the poem Chocolate Me years later when I was doing publishing and Tay was doing acting and I just it just clicked I was like this this has got to be a book and then we started shopping it around and and the rest is the rest is in a way that storyline that happens to a lot of you know people who wind up getting published we got rejections from you know I use that word but it's like somebody just didn't see the vision for it for their mm -hmm. publisher and someone else did so yeah it kind of went from that space all right so we've had a lot of conversations on on content and mm -hmm. um we've talked a lot about rejection and and working in this industry what drives you what keeps you going oh man i think it's got to be like faith seeking something you know because if i were to say um, I mean, it's it. They're they become very abstract words like create creativity or creation keeps me going, because if I were to attach it to something material or um, even outcome based, then I'm gonna forget about the whole process that is you know embody embodies us to even want to you know continue doing the thing because you know we if you get the negative feedback early on. Um, I think maybe that's part of it is to be able to encourage and empower other people. Because sometimes I'll hear that from kids coming up and be like, well, I'm not being encouraged to do the thing that I really love to do. So I have to enforce the idea that if you don't encourage yourself, then you may not have the encouragers that you think should be encouraging. And, you, and if you don't have a, a place where faith is like a very important element of that, then you'll start to like have, I think you'll start to have just like a concrete method of everything. So you got to have something bigger than just the product or the outcome. You have to have a bigger purpose or vision. So that's what keeps it going. You know, family and these very important other details are also driving components. Friends, this book that I'm working on now, if I didn't really practice what I was um, putting into this book, then it, it wouldn't have a real feeling. So oftentimes when I'm in the middle of a book, I'm out living out the experience or else I'm just sitting at my desk all day. So you got to really believe in it and just put it out there, I think. Yep. How did you get to this realization? I mean, we spoke about uh, you in the early days kind of facing these letters of rejection and now you're you're talking about kind of what drives you and what keeps you going and and i think when people hear um you talk about it they might think like it's easy to talk about this from from um in retrospect 
tell me about your journey getting from like those early days and like overcoming all of those moments to sitting here now. Mm, that's a good question. Mm, it's all like a pro. That's the process part to yeah. me. Yeah. Where. I mean, you have to be truly. This is. I think you have to be just humbled, and whatever it is that you're doing, just really truly do it. Um, and I'm gonna say this in a very specific way, and like the do it to the glory of the the maker, the whoever it is that made you, like do it to that degree. Um, so if you're doing dishes or whatever, because that's the thing. I had a you know I had a job doing dishes one time, and where. In Buffalo at this restaurant. Oh, I'm sorry, actually in Rochester, New York. Um, at a pizza restaurant. And I was doing it for a week. And I was I remember I was like, Yo, I'm doing a good job. I know I'm doing a good job. Like and then at the end of the week I was like, Me putting that energy into that dish uh dish sink is just not who I am. Like I'm gonna do the best job doing this job, although like I'm gonna do it in a way that's just like it's, this is somebody else's job i just recognized it it's like a point so at the end of that uh week um recognizing that space of like yeah it was cool i'm grateful for the tips and the paycheck or whatever but i was like yo man i'm gonna be moving on from this uh job and yeah and i'm gonna let you know that i'm gonna help you out by getting somebody else to uh, fill this space that was really nice of you I as the dishwasher so. you got your replacement yes i thought so yes how but did you go about finding your i just reached out to a friend i okay. said because they were you know someone says yo i'm looking for a job i'm like yo i got this job I'm a, <laughs> I, I told them right i'm telling you straight up though like this is what this job is mm -hmm. you know so because even i learned something from that thing after i had given this person the job like a week later or something, I was outside of the, I just happened to be outside of the restaurant and uh, the owner saw me and he was like, yo, you know, he just came out. He was like, yo, your friend didn't show up, you know, to work today, that day. And I was like, oh man, well, I'm sorry, you know, but I'm about to do something. I, was, <laughs> I didn't It's not need, my problem right, anymore. It's kind of not my situation. Um, and then, you know, maybe for a tinge, I'm remembering this moment. Uh, maybe for a moment, I had to think about the friend and be like, yo, man, like you, I don't know, you kind of put my, my my name on the line a little bit. Although the reaction from this uh, restaurant owner was very like negative. Like after I told him basically no, he like kind of called me this name that I don't really feel like I should repeat. Okay. Um, not not even like it's not even the worst one. It's like I mean, all all name calling situations are, but it's not the one that you may think. But it was like when he called me just outside of my name. Period. Mm -hmm. If you'd have just been like you jerk, like which is a lesser energy, um, still I'd have been like, dog. Now I'm really not gonna right do anything for right. you. Like, you show me who you are, and it took me that moment like if i hadn't gone through that i would have been working for that individual that thought of me in a way that you know just outside of the i mean you just got to be careful like of what you think and what you say and recognizing he was frustrated i'm sure if he'd have spoken differently to mm -hmm. me like we could have worked something out but at the end of the day 
Like, that's your restaurant, bro. Like, you're going to have to wash dishes if you can't find a dishwasher. Right. And, I, you know, I own my biz- own business, you know, so it's like you recognize there's humility in all those jobs. And there's also a way that you can do those jobs really, really great, mm-hmm. you know. So. I called you when I quit my job, remember? Mm-hmm. I remember that. We had a long conversation about it. Um, that was an interesting time. I remember asking you, I remember being so unsure and asking you like, oh, like, am I going to be able to make it? Like, I really feel like I have this thing that's drawing me to do my own thing and to, to create content. And your advice was so powerful at the, at the time. And I remember you saying like, a lot of people don't realize that like, if put your mind to it, like you can make it happen. And I want to talk more about that um, because you often hear people saying, like, I want to get out of this nine to five. I want to stop. Um, I want to. I want to create something that I can own. And now more than ever, anyone can do that, as you can see here. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Um, so what is your advice for those people? I say this very thoughtfully. It's like I tend not to give the idea of ad- adding vice to anyone's idea. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's very strong you know, uh, play on words. So I say, you know, if I were to guide someone, mm-hmm. um, and it, although it, it might seem the same or feel the same for me, it's different. It's like, all right, because I can guide someone and be like, hey, you know, come up this way if you want to get up from that, you know, um, from the bottom of the hill, you got to go up that trail right there. But as someone's ascending up the hill, they find that a part of the trail isn't there anymore right. that I didn't know about. Um, you're going to have to make some variations. So I say, you know, if I guide you, I'd say, you know, up is the journey. You want to find your way going from, if that's where you want to come up, you want to come up, I'll give you some idea that like around that area is a path. Because I don't know what anybody understands either. You know, you can be speaking English and still not be understood if the other person says they speak English. So I think that there's something very specific for each person's, you know, moment. Comedians say this a lot of times, you know, when they're doing, I've, I've seen some stand-up comedians where they're like, man, don't take my advice, really literally, because mm-hmm. you'll go into your work tomorrow and curse somebody <laughs> out. You don't want to do any of that stuff. It's more like you have to look at your own situation and be true and be honest. Because if you don't really, like, love what you're doing, it's going to show. And then if you're all concerned about the other things that aren't important, then you just will never move, you know? So it's like I could have loved washing dishes, mm-hmm. you know, but I would have turned that love into a different dynamic. I would have likely, you know, hired crews all over the, you know, Rochester area. Mm-hmm. You know, folks needed jobs. been like, yo, I got jobs all over the place washing dishes. It's the least Maybe this is a job that least people want to do, but right. you know, if I'd have had a love for it, so I think you gotta love it, and then you have to respect where you are at that moment, likely too, because you have a job. So making the decision to say I don't, you know, I'm no longer gonna take this take on this thing, mm-hmm. this responsibility is a responsibility. So once you remove yourself from it, it's like you know. Everything will keep running. Somebody else will get blessed and you'll be blessed. But you just got to keep it moving, too. I think that's important. 
What's it like working with Tay? I also follow him on Instagram, and mm-hmm. he is so goofy. Yeah, he's funny. So goofy. Goofier than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. And so I can only mm-hmm. imagine the dynamic between you two, because you're also yeah. goofy, but but in a different way. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> um, I don't know. What's the question, though, I guess? What's it like working with him? Oh, what's it like? <laughs> Like, how do you balance that dynamic? I can only imagine. I actually imagine it as a breeding ground for creativity, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Um, let me think about that one. It's, I don't know. I just look at him as like, I look at him as family. We look at each other as family. And even just spending time with them um, in this past trip while I'm working on this fourth book, it's given us um, another close-up view of where we are right now in our lives, which is, you know, it feels like we're in college or because we can remember those days really yeah. clearly, college or high school, except we have like, we have children in our lives now. You know, there's other people, there's family connections that are deeper and different. There's live, life tragedies and um, many, many celebrations. There's, there's um, sad moments that we have to process and go through and so it's like I guess when you look at it like what is it like working with him it's more like working with a family member Mm -hmm. and then recognizing those those important details and then having to look at it like work sometimes which is important so it's a balance it's a really interesting intricate balance because you want to stay whatever it is it's like uh, stay friends you want to stay you know family these ideas um recognizing though that as humans sometimes you to stay that way you have to take some breaks sometimes mm-hmm. and, you know uh keep evolving you know it's all kinds of things it's like that's that's the blessing of uh having friendships you just it's like always you're always being like working towards the best in that experience it's important i think mm-hmm. to to realize that you need to take those breaks sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> i was in a business i won't say which one a family-run business in new york mm. and they were screaming at each other like oh. at the top of their lungs for sure i said to one of the employees does this happen often mm-hmm. she was like yep mm. every day can't be healthy no probably not probably not i mean you know <laughs> You that's the crazy thing about health health stuff. You tend to get very comfortable with things that, you know, you may not need to be comfortable with. So and then we have so many different ways to communicate and miscommunicate and so you have to be really, really patient back to that idea with the people that you care about, you mm-hmm. know. Because we're all working together. Imagine like how your parents felt when they're trying to get you to do something and you didn't want to do it. And it's like, like they know at that moment what's best for the moments that are coming. But, right. you know, we as people as well, children, maybe we knew something else. So they had to work with us. It's like a give and receive better than a give and a take kind of thing. We spoke briefly at the beginning of this podcast about me us being in L.A. What do I need to do in L.A.? I mean, I'm going to advise you to do stuff that I didn't even get to do in this trip, like the Getty Museum seems to be calling, and uh, just kind of walk around, to be honest, like get out of the car when you can. (laughs) I say this jokingly, but 
and spend so much time in these cars. So when you can get into these neighborhoods and just walk around, they're amazing. And um, get to the beach. Like, I'm so shocked that people would come all the way out here and not just even just get to the beach for a quick minute. So, you know, Santa Monica, which is like, you know, all these little areas equal in some ways L.A., but Venice Beach and all these little fun little things to do. But it's like you're in the right area, too, because you're in this little pocket of uh, movie making. Where all the studios are. You don't know what's real and what's not. Right. Right? A little something like that, yeah. It's kind of exciting. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What is your favorite thing to do? I just like just um I mean that sounds weird even from my perspective. I just like to just get out, you know. Yeah. Seriously, just get out and try to get not lost necessarily, but just like make these turns and and really explore cuz you have to dig in a little bit with Los Angeles and you know, kind of meet people in a little bit of a different way. I don't know, it's just different cuz you're driving so hmm. much, so does L.A., well, do you think L.A. gets a bad rep? Mm-mm. No, I don't think so. I feel like it just gets misunderstood unless you unless you actually come over here and see what it's like, you know. But the whole, the whole idea of the industry being, you know, the thing here is real on some levels. But there's so many other real things happening here, too, though. That's what I found on this journey. I broke out of the like you know pockets and and or crossed over and went into neighborhoods and so that being said, in order for any big giant industry idea to work, it has to have a whole giant community around it supporting it in, in very real basic ways. So yeah, you just gotta like just like make it a regular day in mm. Los Angeles, like you would live anywhere else. Just live in this this moment in L.A. I find that people and I have only been here for 24 hours Mm -hmm. but in my 24 hours i find that people are so much more open and willing to share than is projected by um what like that is projected by people when they talk about la who are not here if that makes sense Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah yeah i find that like um i told you the story about this crazy cab driver Mm -hmm. that i had today (laughs) And I find that everyone has a story to tell here, and they're just so mm-hmm. willing to tell it. That's mu- that's got to be partly you too, though. So that no, I mean in a good way to mm-hmm. say that you bring to the table and the experience what you want to, you know, receive from it. And LA is a good place for that. You know, if you bring that quality energy into a room, you'll walk away with whatever it is. You know, whether because you do do a lot of networking here and. Mm. And meeting people and seeing interesting things and asking, you can ask kind of these little bit more indirect questions, you know, instead of going like, how are you? To I tend to ask, you know, what are you working on to the person who's working behind the counter? Because you're never just that one thing right here in this, in this city and in general. So I think people are a lot more willing to say, you know, what they are in addition, you know, it's like the dishwashing thing i still was doing art while i was washing dishes Mm -hmm. so if you were to ask me like you know about what i was working on i've been like yeah these dishes and i'm working on some artwork you know when i finish here 
So I think that's important, even in this place, because, you know, you can be constantly. I mean, I think about this. You know, Jerry Jerry Seinfeld has this, that, you know, coffee um, interview. In cars. Coffee in cars with comedians. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. And uh, but in a, way, in a way, he's like the host of a like a coffee show, you know, like mm-hmm. that wasn't his claim to fame. Now he has this platform that gives him the opportunity to showcase both cars and coffee. It's like a genius spinoff. So you never know. I, you know, I actually <laughs> thinking of this thing. I was in New York. I was in Brooklyn. I went to this uh, coffee shop. I just was wandering around the city, and there was a little coffee shop near this park. And I went in, and a young man behind the counter was like, "Yo, I'm, I'm, you know, working on my rap and coffee making at the same time." Like rapping while making coffee. Yes, I love this. Yes, and then he commenced to show me a video of him. You know, instead of doing it right there in front of me, actually, he was just like, "Let me show you this video," you know, and it was him like. I don't know if there was beats. Yeah, there was some beats in the background. And he's literally making a cup of coffee and he's getting, being filmed and put the foam right and everything and like put the cup down. He's rhyming. So I'm like, yo. It's like, you know, perfecting your craft at all times. I know? love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, did, oh, so he only showed you the video. So you never got to taste the coffee that he I, made while rapping. Oh, he made a chai for me, actually. Was which it was delicious? Really yeah, okay. Was but could he make that same chai while focusing on rapping? We don't know. We don't know because he didn't go there on the <laughs> line. But we were rapping, like talking, like, you know, back and forth. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. like that. Just I'm going to go find rapping. the rapping coffee maker mm-hmm. tomorrow. I find that the, the people who make coffee always have the most interesting stories. Probably. I wonder if that's just a innate. Maybe they just feel the need to tell more stories while they're making coffee. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like they're getting so busy that they don't want to talk either. That's true. But yeah. I love talking to them. Mm-hmm. I love talking to the coffee too, people. I as well. When, they're, when they know people are like actually, because I feel like just, we talked about it earlier, most people are just waiting for their drinks and they don't really yeah. care how people are feeling behind the counter. But I do tend to ask somebody how they're doing, especially when they're, again, they're holding your beverage in their hand. Mm-hmm. You want that thing to be delicious. That's true. With... Needs to be made with love. Exactly. All the positive energy in that beverage. Mm-hmm. So real. I just realized I uh, forced you to do this podcast mm-hmm. about people who I follow on Instagram, and you are not on Instagram this week. Mindfully, yes. Mindfully, not on Instagram. It's so important to take those breaks. I think from from social media. Are you finding your mind more clear? Yeah, even just thinking about, like, I thought about, all right, you know what? I'm not messing with Instagram in this moment. That means that my mind was activated to, like, even seek it out. So then what happens is you're you're acknowledging what you're doing at that moment. It could just be taking some time to just think and read or get up and move. I know that today and yesterday... I did not pick that up for however many minutes. So I did something else with that time. So I think it's important. What are you doing to fill that time? I think actively thinking about what I'm doing to fill that time, which Mm. then activates some movement or, you know, 
So and that, there's a thought that happens, that, and you might want to pick up a guitar at that moment, or you might want to write, or you might want to meditate, or you might want to think about why you are not picking social media up, you know, and you might want to call somebody. I called some people. I, I uh, visited people, you know. And that must have happened because I wasn't choosing that other thing. It's made up a different kind of day structure. You've been sleeping under the stars lately. <laughs> Putting it out there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not want to talk about it? No, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fine. Because we're in that pl- we're in that position. <laughs> we should be touching each other. We're like in the same room for once, you know? It's like you can't do this on social media. Um well, no, it's kind of important. I think part of what I'm doing naturally is um, addressing what's happening on this planet right now. Imagine everybody fought so hard to have a roof over their heads. Imagine if the roof that is beyond our heads like started to fall apart. The roof that you you know fought so hard to have in a home wouldn't be a protective element for you anymore. So for me to like take the initiative creatively to just be like, you know what, I'm just going to be outside. And then I'm I'm watching people like living outside now, you know, maybe not because they want to. Mm-hmm. Some housing crises are happening, et cetera. How do you optimize your experience when you have an optimal experience? You know, so those who have the ability to like have a home, you should like switch it up or something, figure out you know, what it really means to be out in the air that you can still breathe and things like that. So I don't know. There's more to it than I I see it, that there's more to it than just making a choice to be out in the wilderness because, you know, and it's not even wilderness. I'm just like literally outside. You know, I don't even know because there's some gen. The irony of Los Angeles, when you really look around, there are mountains and like hills and things that you know have very would be very challenging to access, so we're always trapped on these highways and whatnot. But if you turn your car to the right too hard, you're going off a cliff in some instances. Mm. And you know, today I actually stopped on the side of a, a road, very busy road through these canyons, and parked my car and just got out and looked at the splendor of this like massive, you know, two. They look like mountains to me while everybody is like blistering past and not recognizing it. And I think people even get annoyed sometimes, you know, you see somebody on the side of the road. Like I fortunately was not broken down. I stopped just to look at how beautiful it was. So I think that, I don't know, just like part of the journey is to just appreciate what's happening in out in this world and, and we just had that major, you know, I was pulling back from media a little bit hard this this these past couple of weeks, but there was that major standing up towards, I don't even know who we're fighting against, you know? It's like we are fighting for no, we're not really fighting against anyone. We're saying, like, you got to live on this planet too. So whatever you're doing to, like, modify it in a way that's, like, going to change everybody's perspective, you need to just, just think about it. So, yeah, everybody should take take some time and just be out in the in the like in the outside, you know. Step away from the desk and be up at odd hours. Like, watch literally just watch the sunrise. It's 
I, I, I still, I'm pretty fascinated by the people who are like, oh man, I can't do it. I'm like, yeah, you can. <laughs> you don't choose to do it, but you can do it. And the moments, you know, yeah, it's hard, but the moments when you do do it, you're like, wow, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. So, just little reminders. Can you see the stars from where you are? I know you're not in downtown LA um, where you can't really see stars. You can. You can, though. You can see the stars. That's the other part of it. It's like mm-hmm. if you, we were on a rooftop in downtown Los Angeles and I looked up and was like, you can still see the stars. You don't see the ideas. You don't see as many, but you, when you really focus your mm-hmm. eyes up on the, up, upwards, you know, you start to just make the adjustments. And I also look at it, you know, everybody thinks of how important the sun is to have that on your body during the day. And, you know, think about it. Those are like all these little, from what we know, there are all these little suns that are like shining, beaming down on you at night, the moon. So, yeah, it's a good, it's just a good reminder, I think, if nothing else. I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. And I love you. Thank you for joining me on the podcast on Jen Follows in this dark L.A. room. It's awesome, though. It's, it is. It's not bad. 